I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. In Bristol, smoking cannabis is not illegal. Uh, it's legal as hell. It's still legal, obviously, like uh, nationally, but it just doesn't feel like it here. Hi, I'm Sam Wolfson. There are certain things that are illegal, like if you get caught with a dangerous weapon or committing identity fraud, you're going to get done. And then there are other things that are sort of grey area illegal. If you download a few movies of Pirate Bay or hold an abandoned warehouse rave, these are things that are technically against the law, but are you likely to go to prison for them? Probs not. Over the last year, Vice has reported on the way possession of cannabis has started to fall into this second category, the grey area illegal. But it's all happened in an uneven way. In some parts of the UK, you might get done just for having an eighth in your pocket. And in other places, cannabis convictions are going way, way down. Loads of people are being offered alternatives when they get nicked. You can go on some kind of educational programme, and that doesn't go in your criminal record. If you get caught, you don't really know how the police are going to respond. It's kind of down to the police force in each individual area. And that's weird, because drugs policy in the UK is not an accident. It's not like no one is thinking about this. I mean, go back to 2009. Against the advice of the government's own advisory panel, cannabis was reclassified up from a Class C to a Class B drug. And that meant you could get a prison sentence just for possession. Since then, the government have convened all kinds of experts. They've got a misuse of drugs panel, Home Affairs Select Committee. All of them think cannabis should be a Class C drug, and all of them have been ignored. Despite this punitive approach from central government, on the streets with policing, cannabis policy is heading the other way. So is cannabis still illegal? Yeah, but it's not as simple as that. Here's Joe again. You only have to listen out of your window to hear that police are always in Bristol. Like, you can hear sirens all the time, but whether they are out on the streets looking for people using recreational drugs or looking for some more serious offences. Me and my girlfriend were smoking a joint a few weeks ago and police were just circling the area and they weren't honing in on us, they weren't, um, 
they were sort of looking at us to tell us that what we were doing was wrong but not acting upon it like they knew that we knew that there would be more important stuff going on so we moved along and nothing was nothing come of it and I think that's how it should be here like we were in a club like last weekend in the smoking area smoking a joint and the bouncer walks straight towards us I instantly panicked, dropped the joint because of experiences in Birmingham where I've been kicked out for even having weed on me. Even a bit of stalk, but here, like the bouncer walked straight towards yeah. us and then just walked straight past us and he was just looking at something else, he wasn't worried about us. Would you smoke a spliff outside a police station? Uh, in Bristol? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd smoke him, walking past it, yeah. Staying outside, maybe not. Um, I just don't think, even if they did come out and speak to you, I just can't see the, uh, there's someone smoking a spliff behind us right now, and like, it's, it's really like, fitting in with what I'm saying, like, it's, uh, they wouldn't be as serious as the police would in Birmingham about it, in Birmingham, say I got caught with a joint the same way I got caught in Birmingham, in Bristol, I think that they would have let me off without having to give me a warning. I think. Would you smoke a spliff outside the magistrate courts in Bristol? Yeah, I mean, I, I live right next to the magistrate's court anyway, so, like, uh, I'll smoke out the front of my student accommodation, which is next to it anyway. Like, this is what I mean. It's seen as completely legal here. Like, it's if you can smoke it in front of a police station and you can smoke it in front of a court, what's stopping it? I'm going into my cigarette box because I've always got a joint <laughs> stashed in there. And we're outside the magistrate's court at the moment. And I'm about to light up. So at this point, they went around the corner to the magistrate's court. It's a busy day. There's loads of people going in and out. Some of them are in uniform. He doesn't seem at all bothered. He lights up. <laughs> is that it then? You can smoke weed with impunity in the UK. Bristol is the new Amsterdam. Get your advance tickets now. It's about using their own discretion, but quite clearly, if you wanting to uh, be daft enough to, to smoke cannabis in front of a police officer, you can expect that police officer to take appropriate action because it is their, their duty still to enforce the law. Okay, so what's actually going on here? Well, this is Ron Hogg. He's the Crime and Victims Commissioner at Durham Police. Durham is kind of like Bristol. They're trying out more lenient ways to deal with people caught in possession of weed. That doesn't mean that you can just smoke weed outside a magistrate's court. Our mate probably got a little bit lucky there. Or outside a police station. But what it does mean is that instead of just arresting and giving a criminal conviction to anyone caught in possession of cannabis, these forces are trying to work out a way to deal with the huge amounts of people who smoke cannabis. They can't arrest them all. 
basically what what we're saying quite clearly in in Durham is that whilst we accept that that cannabis uh, is not good for you, we are not going to actively pursue people who are uh, smoking cannabis or indeed growing it for personal consumption. There are a number of reasons for this. One is that um, we we feel that obviously someone who um, is addicted to cannabis or suffering an illness because of cannabis, that's a health issue and a criminal justice response is is not really appropriate. Secondly, it's part of a policy that we have about reducing the harm caused by drugs. We don't feel that criminalization helps to reduce that harm. The third area, I guess, is that cannabis causes very little harm within our communities. And therefore, if you prioritize where you want to put your police resources, it's not tracking down people who are just having a spliff in the front room. This hasn't come from some government diktat or parliamentary law. This is their interpretation of enforcing cannabis legislation. Let's deal with the government first. They've indicated quite clearly that they're not intending to change the drugs legislation in any way, shape or form. They're not going to bend. We have, though, uh, from other forces, there are a number of uh, police and crime commissioners across the country whom I'd, I'd really rather not name, that's for them, but there are a number who are sympathetic to the approach. Some are very actively supportive. So I think what we're seeing is the, 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 the wind is changing. Most forces, if they're very truthful, adopt a very similar approach. It's just that they're not as upfront as we are. Because the, the government don't support my uh, position, they've no, in no way tried to intervene with what we're doing. Um, it's a matter for us, it's a matter of operational discretion for the chief constable. And clearly, um, I, I cannot dictate the way that he runs his force, but uh, he is supportive of this. Um, but what we have to do, I think, is just look at what's happening internationally, um, seek uh, uh, to, to make our case, continue to work with uh, researchers, uh, medical researchers, academic researchers to actually prove the particular case. We're going to come back to the UK in a minute, but first we need to ask the bigger question. Why are police having to pussyfoot around the law in the first place? All of these new approaches to policing wouldn't even have to exist if the government would just accept their own experts' advice. You heard the commissioner from Durham. He sounded frustrated with the current classification of cannabis. I mean, just look around the world. In America, weed is already legal in a couple of states. Much of Europe is decriminalising. Why has the UK got such a conservative policy on weed? Um, my name is Jess Magson. I um, work in, in justice reform and international justice reform. I wrote a report um, basically trying to understand the, the practical So Jess has been going to places where the sort of stuff they're trialling in the UK now is already in full effect. Uruguay, Portugal, Czech Republic. It's the same basic principle. You get caught with a small amount of drugs on you and instead of getting arrested, you get put into some kind of government programme. Um, and that might relate to, to health support and mental health uh, might relate to housing assistance or employment, education, and signposting to, to the, the sort of services that can help in that area. And generally what was found, I think, was that this was a potentially very effective way of, of doing things, really. Um, it had a benefit, potentially, for those working in the criminal justice system, so they could see their, their workload actually uh, lighten and, and systems made easier. Um, but crucially, it also had a really positive impact on drug users themselves. So um, the rates in terms of drug-related deaths, for example, have really really gone down. So those some of the most vulnerable in society are better able to access the kind of services that they need. 
I think the reason that many countries have embarked upon this relates to, to health issues. So in, in Portugal, for example, in the, in the late 1990s, you saw a huge number of people um, suffering from you know, problematic use of heroin, and it affected all social strata as well. So it wasn't just a, a, a poor uh, working class, it was, it was, it was across the board. Um, and that helped to generate a real local momentum to, to push for something to change um, in the system. So I think motivations varied. And I mean, in Uruguay, you're looking back to as early as 1974 when the first um, decriminalisation laws came in around possession, low threshold possession. Um, and that was under a dictatorship as well. So again, I think we can, we can use some of this international learning to see how this isn't a left or right political issue. This is about understanding what works. The UK is always known for its quite cautious approach to these kind of policy changes. So um, particularly with, with the current administration, I think what we're likely to see is some further piloting, um, some potential time taken to assess results and to see what the longer term implication is in terms of whether people are, say, going back and reoffending after two or three years. Um, and assuming that works, and perhaps because of the economic imperative as well, um, ultimately I think within 10 years or so you could see nation, nationwide rollout um, of this kind of scheme, hopefully building on the evidence of what works, expanding, adjusting and making sure that the focus is really on helping problematic drug users and, and harm reduction. Alright, what do we know so far? We know that there are police that want to process less crime and do away with so many cannabis convictions. We know that there are parts of the UK in which police are reinterpreting drugs policy and not nicking so many people. And we know that these kinds of new techniques are already working around the world. But no one, at least none of the experts that we've spoken to, are suggesting that weed has somehow become de facto legal in the UK. And they don't think it's going to happen anytime soon either. So under this new regime of lighter policing and new ways of dealing with cannabis, what does actually happen if you get nicked with weed? Well, I'm Joshua Wilkinson Gavin. I'm 18 years old. We're just on Bristol Harbourside, uh, outside of V-Shed, where I did get caught with a 10 bag, unfortunately. My mate at the time wasn't feeling too good, so he was just like, yo, let's go out and get wasted. So, yeah, like it was just a chilled... I want to say chilled one, but not a chilled one. Like, it's just one of those nights, I guess. You know, when you want to go out, have a drink with your mate, and shit happens. As we was about to go in, over there where that guy was, like, doing his stuff, that's why I had to cack it, so, like, hide it all away, just in case. And then, yeah, we came up to here, and obviously I was kind of nervous, but I also wasn't because... Like, I knew I could get away with it. Like, I've done it plenty of time, which I probably shouldn't see publicly. But, yeah, anyway, we got here, and as I'm about to walk in and, like, open my bag, they luck in. I turned back down to my mates and, like, seen that they're getting searched as well. But then, like, that's when one of them lucked up at me, just because I was just almost at the doorway. See where that second, like, silver thing is on the floor? I was just about there. And then they was just like, oh, Josh, did you manage to get in with, like, the weed that's on you? And I'm like, what? Like, why in your right mind would you say that? The bouncer turned around and looked at me, kind of, like, laughing in a way, because he was like, he would have totally made that. Like, he would have totally just got through and, like, 
I was obviously like, God damn it, what's going to happen now? And then the bouncer was like, like look, I'm going to have to search you now that you're on our property. And I was like, OK, I guess. Like, I showed him where I put it and I had to take out my grinder and my weed. I handed in my passport and then that was the whole instant really done over. But to be fair, like, I just went back, like, with my mate and then went into Castle Park and just chilled there, smoked another zoot because I'm like that and I don't learn. Obviously, it was my first offence, so it's either I go to this programme, like, they literally just gave me a leaflet of the programme. I don't have it anymore. But, um, yeah, they gave me a leaflet, explained what it's about and said you can either go to that or it be put through the criminal justice system or something like that. So, obviously, I was like, I don't want to go through that. So, I, yeah, just accepted the programme thingy. The programme thingy are known by police as diversion schemes. They're kind of like workshops. Three and a half hours, you go in, you learn about drugs. And if you get nicked with weed and take the option to do one of these, you don't get a criminal record. In a way, I kind of enjoyed it because it was it was quite educational. I learned about all the drugs that I would never do. I learned why I should never do them. So I'm like, okay, now I know what could happen. Like, now I know I definitely don't want to do them because obviously they are pretty dangerous. And I just got more education about drugs and like like the punishments with them and stuff. Which, it was good, like, and there was a bit of banter with everyone there, so... Yeah, with the police being so chilled about it, I've, I guess it's good in a way, because it lets... Say if a kid of my age was starting to smoke weed, like, if the police are chilled about it, then obviously they won't be as paranoid about it, but it's still good that you can still, like, be put in trouble for this kind of stuff. Because, obviously, if you go too far, like, if you have too much of it, then, obviously, it could affect you in, like, negative ways. So it's good that there is some boundaries on it, but it's still good that they're chill because it allows, well, people who want to try that kind of lifestyle, let them try it, like, without going too far. The career I want, like, there might be... I don't know if, like, um, a criminal record would affect it, but I'm just glad that being on that programme, I don't have to worry about that kind of thing because now I don't have a negative record anymore. Like, it's just the fact that I've been on that programme. And that's why, like, I, yeah, I think it's a good benefit because then it doesn't put the, like, weight of such a bad thing on to you. Like, you can carry on as if normal, but, like, it just, it's like, an educational chance on like what not to do and stuff and that's what I kind of liked about it because it did save my bacon well I don't really want to know what would happen if I didn't go on it but I guess it would be like a caution or something and it would just be like a little like a small offence well I would call it a small offence I don't know if anyone else would but yeah it'd be a small offence on my record that I wouldn't really want to be fair because it's just it's a negative thing to have against you you know 
So joined now by Joe Bish. Hi. Hello. Hi. And Max Daly, who's done a lot of uh, reporting on the stuff you just heard. Bish, you've not experienced this more liberal attitude to cannabis. I've not experienced well, it. Well, didn't you get a caution or something? Once? I've been caught with it about three times, but only in the second time. Basically, if you get caught with it within a certain time frame, the first time they'll just confiscate it and give you a caution. And then the second time, if it's within that time frame, they'll arrest you and take you to the station, mm. do the photos and mugshots and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that was only because I was being quite reckless with it and like rolling joints in public spaces and smoking them in public spaces as well. So I'd never really had an issue with it, but the only time it's been an issue is when I was smoking it in a public space again, and then these plainclothes police officers came up to me and my mate, and I had half an ecstasy tablet in my pocket, and then uh, they started searching us, and I thought <clears throat> I thought I'd might as well just say like before they find out, like, look, I've just got like cheeky half pill in my pocket, uh, and then they arrested me with like handcuffs and all sorts, put me in the back of like a big van. And then I spent the next 21 hours in processing just sort of like in the cells, like just in the cells for, for almost an entire day. Um, what was that and all like? the, Oh, it was awful. I started crying at one point. Cause I was just like, am I ever going to fucking get out of here? Like it's just, it was like weird, you know, when those, those weird stories where it's like some guy in America's like stolen a Yorkie bar and then he's like in jail for like, 20 years because no one knows what to do I, thought, I was starting to think like <laughs> is that what's going to happen to me now like obviously it didn't all the police men and women who were in the station you know they were like why the fuck have they brought you in like this is ridiculous like we're going to have to now do all this fucking paperwork by the time I got to the other station it was too late for them to process me so they told me to just go to sleep and then when I woke up they transferred me to another police station oh for processing somewhere else so they put the handcuffs back on me Took my like half pill, which was wrapped in a bit of tissue paper in like an evidence bag, and then all the all the police people were just like, I don't understand what the fuck's going on here. I don't know why you're here, and why this is even happening. So it was just like, it doesn't seem to be more liberal, but yeah, it does sound like it's just like maybe on their part they're just like, we can't be fucking asked to do this anymore because it's just a real pain. I mean, isn't that kind of thing that in a different district with a different police force, something completely different might have happened to Joe? Different parts of the country have different policies. But I think even within police forces, that's what is so rank about the drug laws really is that they allow kind of carte blanche for a copper if he's feeling a bit pissed off with himself or his life or you to make your life a misery, as Joe's just uh, told us. You know, it's someone getting their liberty taken away for kind of 21 hours for basically fuck all possession of drugs all right well while laws stay as they are let me ask you guys if someone out there now wants to go out with a bag of coke and some pills Mm. what is the safest way to do that in a way that isn't gonna alert the police if you've got a girl with you tell her to put it in her bra because they never search that socks are good waistband of your pants are good but it's easy for it to fall through your leg and fall out the bottom of your leg (laughs) unless you're tucking your jeans or tracksuits into your socks in which case that's not going to happen uh bottom of the shoe is good i've always been against doing pills in the queue for the club because uh, i feel like that's just really dancing with the devil because if you're waiting ages and you're really like oh people do that so that they don't get searched by a bouncer they take a bunch of pills just before <coughs> they get inside well they will they'll get searched either way but there's if if you haven't got any drugs on you because they're inside you then you can't get caught with drugs yeah that is asking for trouble isn't it especially if you don't <coughs> get in and then come up on a tube tube back 
Well, also the problem with weed is that it fucking absolutely reeks, and it's got such an unmistakable smell. Whereas the rest of them don't really. I mean, apart from crack, but like if you're smelling crack, you should probably leave wherever you are because that's not a good place that you should be should be at, unless you're in banging to crack and you can manage it. I mean, it's like it's up to you. It's personal. You've just got to deal with it on a personal level. And Max, is there anything else in terms of like legislation or changes sort of on the horizon that we should be looking out for? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that um, uh, what's going to happen in Canada very soon is they're going to legalize cannabis. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people will be looking towards Canada and going, yeah, look, I can, this, this, this probably will be happening in this country. I think within 20 years, you will have le- legalized cannabis in this country. Um, but as I said earlier, that it won't i don't see it happening much before then because you have to wait for a generational change and the media to change its tune as well you can almost see that happening in america especially from here whereas like in the last 5 years sort of every like late night host does a bunch of gags about getting stoned and like it's just so much more sort of embedded in the culture that it's gone especially from america where drugs are such a, a scare story you've really been able to see that change i mean when you look at some of the fucking shops they have in america like in places where it's legal like legal legal not just medicinal but like straight up like corner shop legal like some of the fucking shit they've got out there is unbelievable like they've got like walls of pre-rolled joints they've got energy drinks that have got weed in them they've got like brownies like all the like used to think there's just like brownies you put, put weed in a brownie and that's how you space cakes and all that they've got fucking juices they've got like you know burgers and pizzas with weed in they've got that was that wax it's just like wax that you heat up a fucking yeah, crucible well, with it's and almost you, like, it's like what the fuck is going on with you like you're right like, <laughs> it's almost like kind of weed is a kind of a replacement god to some people mm. it really is it really is their whole lives and they really love it and they really get into it and obviously if you're really that into it you, you can understand why people get really pissed off when they get hassled by a copper for smoking yeah. it yeah it's, it's like it's kind of like you know if you're if you're into drones or if you're into making model airplanes, some people are just in, they've got all the paraphernalia, they've got all the tubes and wires and all the different types of stuff. They just fucking they do they they it is like you say yeah. it's their lives. It's like getting locked up for 21 hours for stamp collecting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Max, Joe Bish, thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you. Fa- no, right. honestly, mate. Thank you. So is cannabis basically legal in the UK now? Well, no. I mean, weed is definitely illegal in the UK, and the government are unflinching on that. Yet, in a place like Bristol, and elsewhere in the UK, it's fine to smoke outside a magistrate's court. And at least some police aren't really interested in nicking you for cannabis at all. There are just so many grey areas for the authorities interpreting drug policy. Sorry if that's not satisfying, but that's kind of our new podcast. Yeah, but it's not as simple as that. It's produced by Sam Bonham at Rethink Audio. Thanks to Max Daly for extra reporting and Joe Bish for being a loser. Check out vice.com for more drug stories. I'm Sam Wolfson. We'll see you next week. Smashing. Good job. I'm actually going to make a phone call in a minute. But, um, let's say goodbye. Yes. Um, and what's next? Love it. Look at that.
I'm feeling vibey now. Yeah, right. Well, it's, it's got to be... Um, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.